we begin with you guys strolling into Fillmore's Crossing. Um, it's relatively early in the morning, and so, you know, there's not really a ton of people out at this time. And you're just scanning the area, and you see a couple of people are making their way towards the well with some buckets that it looks like they're going to get their day's ration of water for whatever needs they may have uh, for it. And you see that some of the shops are uh, turning over their open signs, like uh, Fillmore's General's Goods. Uh, you definitely see um, Lucius turn over the sign uh, to open. And you see uh, Mervyn Gorsh turns over the sign for the bank is uh, now open. And, you know, everything uh, just seems to be a fairly peaceful day in in Fillmore's Crossing thus far. And what would you guys like to do? I would like to talk to Igmet. <laughs> What's on your mind, city boy? Just strolling into town, you wouldn't know anything's even gone on here. Typically a quiet place. When you actually look over at the at Fillmore's General Goods, you notice that this building is relatively new it's much newer than the rest of these buildings and it's kind of almost out of place because you know the rest of the buildings there's damage here and there and the 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 adobe bricks or wood or whatever the building happens to be made out of there's wear there's you know the desert winds and the dirt and all of that stuff it gets everywhere and this building is clean immaculate First things first, we'll be needing to go to the bank. I'll need to exchange my fireport money. Then I suppose we should swing by the general store. I heard that there are two in town. Did you say that? We've got two here in town. Um, I, I think either one would be fine for you. Uh, and uh, yeah, we can go by the bank. A bunch of squirrely fellers that work there. Could have sworn I knew that, but I don't remember talking to you about it. Maybe Garan mentioned something. I don't know. Anyway, let's uh, exchange this money, and then I have some shopping I'd like to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you walk into the only concrete building in Fillmore's Crossing, and you see that there is like kind of a big square sort of foyer opening and it's got a domed ceiling to it and i mean like the entire bank is incredibly fancy and you see that there uh is sort of like a skinny um smaller guy with a mustache and he's kind of impish looking and he's carrying a shotgun, and then there's a much larger oafish-looking man with a big bulbous nose, and he also has a shotgun, and they're just kind of eyeing you as you're walking in. And then there's a large countertop, and behind it are these uh, two people that look very similar to each other, but one is uh, like a much older copy, and they have like these uh, little waxed beards at the end of their chins and uh they're both kind of balding one more than the other but definitely not as much as tom um and uh the older one looks at you and he says 
Hi, how, how can I help you? I'm going to approach him and uh, I'm going to put my hand marks on the counter and say, I need to exchange these. I need to be able to buy some supplies here in town. All, all right, I'll, I'll exchange it, but um, just between you and me, um, it's very, very dangerous here. And you should leave as soon as you possibly can. I'm here for the danger. What do you mean? I was sent here to investigate and hopefully find out what's going on, but that remains to be seen. Oh, um, well, my, my, my name is Mervin, Mervin Gorsh, and he holds out his hand uh, and tries to shake yours. Thomas DeWeeze. I will return the handshake. Well, it's very nice to meet you, Thomas. Are you all right? Yes, of course. What, what's what's wrong? I'm I'm actually very glad that you're here, because I am. Well, it's just my wife died a few years back, and it's it's just been hard here and with the new things that have been going on i just thank ernie we have our own water supply i'm very sorry to hear that i i have no way of knowing what you must be going through but to some degree i think that i can understand i lost my partner not too long ago in an explosion it's been very difficult without him but I'm relieved that I do have this gentleman here. Uh, you know Igmit Yazi. I, I just, yes, I've seen him before. Um, good, good to see you again. Howdy. So anyway, <laughs> let me uh, let me go and uh, exchange your 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 currency for you real quickly. And uh, he he runs off into the back and then comes back with a pretty hefty bag of silver and. He lays it out and starts counting it and handing it over to you and then hands you the bag after confirming the amount. That will do nicely, thank you. I may return at a later time. I have to kind of get a feel for what things cost around here, but um, we'll see what happens. Well, that thousand silver should get you pretty far. Very well, much obliged. Uh, you all have a good day, and don't worry about the things in town. I'm sure we'll get to the bottom of this. It was very nice to meet you, Thomas. The room booms with the voice, and no one seems to react to it. I'm going to pause, kind of collect my thoughts, and then motion at Igmit towards the door as I start to walk out. What's wrong? Let's talk outside. All right. As soon as we get out, I say, um, did you hear that? Hear, hear what? The incredibly loud volume when he spoke my name. Are you drunk? I don't know what I am. We may be dealing with some strange supernatural elements. Just... Keep an eye out for anything un unusual, would you? I'll try, but I'm... I'm not a very smart man. I, I have a 
specific set of skills besides that, but I'll try. So I'm going to look out towards the town and I'm going to say, well, I don't know which one to go to, but that one looks new and clean and quite remarkably clean, in fact. Did they recently build that place? Igmit, when you start thinking back about that general store, you kind of feel funny. Like, sick to your stomach funny. Man, I... I'm not so sure about things. I I just got an odd kind of I don't know, Uncle Diabetes called them premonitions. Something's not right about that there uh, general store. What do you mean? What's wrong? I, I don't know. Uh, uh, the thought of it crossed my mind and just something just seemed off. Well, then I reckon that's as good a place to start as any. Let's go inside, shall we? All right. You guys go inside, and it is immaculate on the inside as well, and it's well-stocked with all sorts of things. Like, there's, you know, just rows of cotton shirts. There's rifles. There's there's mattocks. There's basically anything that you could think of. There's flour. There's different other sorts of sundries and goods and things like that and all in immaculate order and behind the counter is this uh, young man who's got a very kind of pathetic mustache Um, he's kind of scrawny but he's well dressed and he's wearing a, a bowler cap on and he looks at you and he says good evening How can I help you? I need some supplies, but I would actually be interested in speaking with you. Do you have a moment? Uh, Of course. Of course. My partner, Igmit, and I, um... We just arrived in town, and... To be frank, we're here because of the incidents that have happened as of late. I assume you know what I'm speaking of? Yes, I I do. Very good. Well, um, have any of these incidents, or really anything strange, occurred uh, within the region of your building here? Birdie Nick Cole's house ain't ain't too far from here. I see. When was this place built? It looks staggeringly new compared to the rest of the town. He sort of looks off into space for a second, and you see that he kind of has a pained look as he's trying to recall the answer to your question. And he says, about a year ago. And the upkeep? Do you do it yourself? He, again, just sort of looks confused for a second and says, Yes, cleanliness is godliness. 
Are you alright? You look a bit pale. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm quite well. Listen, maybe this is a bad time, and I don't want to take up too much of your business hours. I'll just collect my things, and perhaps we'll return to speak on the matter another time, when it's more convenient for you. Um, <clears throat> Do you need anything, Igmit? Oh, I'll take a pound of beef jerky, and I got a question for you as well. Oh, 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 okay, and he uh, gets out a pound of beef jerky and wraps it up in paper for you and hands it over and says, that'll be five silver. I hand him the money. Well, your pa, I reckon he could build just about anything he wanted if he put his mind to it. But why a general store when the town already had one. I mean, it's not that big a town. I I think about it, and it's just a bit odd. I don't know. He he wants to serve the people in a more efficient way. Hmm. Is your father around? He, He... should be at the mansion. Mother doesn't like it when I see him. You see. I feel like I knew that already. Um, I just didn't want to jump to any conclusions. Anything else, Sigmit? I think that'll be everything for now. Young fella, you, you eat yourself a meal. You don't look too well. And, uh, I walk out the door. He, um, so as you're leaving, he says, goodbye, Thomas! And the walls shake, and Igmit, you don't hear anything, but Tom, you see a bunch of, like, all of this stuff just shakes and rattles on its uh, shelves, and the windows rattle, and the walls rattle, and it is so incredibly loud. And no one else reacts to it. I stop again and just look around. And then I slowly shake my head as I follow Igmet out the door. And then I say, I need a drink. You know, uh, Tom, you might be uh, dehydrated. You know, you're not used to this climate. Um, sometimes when you get sunsick, you aren't quite sure of, of what's really going on. You know, you, you're... Well, let's go get me a bottle of whiskey and get me hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> so we make our way to the... And I, I just start heading for the crossing house, even though I, I, I haven't even really, like, looked around town much. I just... I just kind of make a beeline towards it, leading the way. I think that uh, Tom seems pretty uh, shaken to uh, Igmit right now. Are you coming? Um, yeah, I just had had some stuff on my mind, but yeah, you're buying the first round. Mm, I should have gone here before the bank. (laughs) 
All right, so you uh, make your way inside of the crossing house, and the first thing that you notice is that there's no glass in any of the windows. Um, some of them don't even have the frames for glass anymore. Um, there's only one door hanging on uh, one side, like they're the swinging. They were once the swinging doors that you would see in most of your classic westerns, but now there's just one of them, and it's uh, looking to be on its last legs as well. And you guys hear some really nice playing like if coming from inside of the crossing house and you immediately uh, to your left notice that there is a man dressed all in black who has a guitar and he's picking it and singing kind of mournfully and his black hat is sort of pulled low so it's sort of hard to see his facial features but then there are uh, four miners um, in the like at the bar because the bar is sort of just this long piece of oak that runs from one end of the room to the stairwell that goes upstairs that's in the right hand corner and nearest to the stairwell are these four miners and three of them are up kind of drinking and one of them is just passed out and then behind the bar there is this rather Rubenesque woman um, she's got a bright uh, like she's got a round but very bright face creased from, you know, a lot of uh, sun damage and lots of freckling, and but she's definitely not unattractive, and she uh, just seems to have lived a pretty hard life. She's got uh, plenty of gray hairs kind of strewn here and there, and it's pulled, you know, all of her hair is pulled back into this ponytail, and she looks at you, and she says, uh, well, howdy, Igmit. What can I get for y'all? Uh, whiskey, please. Two. Well, alrighty, um, no problem, no problem at all. And, uh, she pours uh, a couple of whiskeys for you guys, and she sets the bottle down and, uh, says, I'll just keep track of what y'all drink and charge you when you're done. Thank you, ma'am. Oh. You want to sit down at a table? Mm, yes. I suppose we'll be getting rooms here, yes? Uh, unless you want to sleep in a tent somewhere. It's the only place in town. Very well. No, I do not think we will be sleeping in tents. Unless that's your preference. And I'm going to take a seat at one of the tables, and then I'm going to say, Ooh, I like this song. This is one of the good ones. So where shall we start our investigation? Well, you being a man Ernie, I reckon you could go talk to Pastor Breakfast or, um, well, we also need to talk to, uh, Deputy Portnoy. That's, uh, gotta keep in regular contact with him. Um, and then there's the Fillmore family we wanna consider, I reckon. Um, so much to do. Makes me feel like it's going to take a year and a half to do all this. <laughs> Very well. I I like the idea of speaking with the sh- sheriff, you said? Uh, deputy. Uh, deputy, of course. Um, yeah. Portman. Portnoy. Portnoy, of course. Yes, of course. He he works for, for uh, 
Bill Clark for Sheriff Clark. He he's his hand out here. We'll have to speak with Brandon as well. Oh, what? Did the pastor, Pastor Breakfast? You mentioned him. You, I, man, it's been a long day. Agreed. I take another drink. So, this Fillmore's wife, whatever happened to her, the one who did the thing to the children, and I'm speaking in a low tone so that we can't be overheard. She's at the jail. You mean they've got her locked in a cell? Yep. I, I don't know, I suppose I understand. I really question whether she was doing a criminal act or just out of her mind, but we'll see. All right, let's go there first, and then we'll head to the church. And I down the rest of my whiskey. Okay, so as you do that, um, the man in black kicks into a much faster kind of paced song. So, Tom, you've kind of got your back to this um, in the table that you're sitting at, but Igmit, you look over and you see that the miner that was passed out, his head snaps to attention and it like, he sort of crawls down on all fours, but his arms are bending in sort of these sickening angles. And you realize that he's starting to speed up incredibly rapidly and make me a dexterity check. God damn it, it's a nat one. <laughs> All right, so you're fumbling with your shotgun trying to get it out of its holster, and it's just stuck in there, and then you realize that you need to undo the buckle that's over it, and so you're fumbling with the snap and trying to get it undone, but as that's happening, this thing comes up from behind and grabs onto you, Tom, and make me an athletics check. And you have to beat a 25. At 20 plus 1. Oh, shit. So... <laughs> It grabs onto you and you immediately start to wriggle and move and elbow and just swing your arms as much as you possibly can. And you connect with the jaw of this creature. Roll me a d6 of damage and add your strength modifier to it. Six plus one. You hear the crunch as your elbow just connects with the chin of this crazed man and you're positive that you broke it, but he doesn't seem to be phased or deterred by this whatsoever. And Igmit, you finally get your scattergun out of its uh, holster. What would you like to do? Uh, you can take a shot. Absolutely. That is a 18. Oh yeah, that definitely hits. Go ahead and roll damage. 18 damage. Okay, so here's what happens. As you get your scattergun leveled up and you're holding it in one hand and you're sort of sneering as you're aiming down both barrels and you pull the triggers and Tom, in your ear, that booming voice says, We're coming to get you, Thomas. And then this eruption of noise and blood and ichor and gore goes everywhere. Igmit, you have never shot something and seen it explode like that. Like, yeah, you pumpkined a few heads, but this is something completely different. The entire crossing house is now covered in this ichor and guts and blood. Like, it looks like it came from, definitely from a human, but there is way too much. And it is just disgusting. What would you guys like to do? Tom is going to stand there 
he's going to stand there and he's not going to take his hat off. He's just going to kind of lift it and wipe his now bloodied sleeve across the brow and just be kind of shell-shocked for a second and go, Igmet, I think I have changed my mind. We need to go see the pastor straight away. Um, Igmet's just going to survey the room, uh, see if there are any other incoming... Uh, any um, miners that are like moving around strangely, anything like that? Everybody, I mean, you see that there is a trickle of liquid that is going down the leg of pretty much all of the chairs. Like, Miss Polly is just beside herself, but nobody is moving or saying anything except for the man in black who is still playing. And you notice there is no blood or gore on him. Tom wipes at his face again with his trembling hand, and then he says, Ah, everything's going to be all right. Somebody go fetch the deputy. A round of whiskeys for everybody. Someone go get the deputy and Igmet. We need to leave now. I'm just going to beeline for the church again. Well, this time I can assume I can see it because it's towering. Yep. The the steeple is the tallest uh, the tallest thing in the in Fillmore's Crossing, and so you head in and you see Pastor Breakfast in his fairly standard attire. Um, he's got on the white collar and um, he's got on a sort of like dark blue cowboy hat, and um, he says, uh, "How can I help you? Uh, oh, uh, are you you worship Ernie?" <laughs> I, uh, as soon as I cross the threshold and into this sanctuary and I see the symbol of Ernie and the very familiar pews and the pulpit and everything, um, I start to slow my breathing and calm down and I say, I, uh, I do. I'm sorry about the mess. I'm, I'm a bit familiar, um, I... I think I'm. I know what happened. We we need to speak to you about some things. It's quite urgent. I'm all ears. Um, what's your name? I stop and think for a second, and then I say, "Uh, oh, Thomas, Thomas Deweese." He reaches out and he shakes your hand and he says, "It's nice to meet you, Thomas." When it happens in the church, that's when I start to feel pretty shaken inside and I go and stagger over to a pew and not even giving any heed to the blood I'm tracking across the room, I sit down and I say, something is wrong. I don't feel very well. Ever since we stepped into town, there have been some very unusual things and I just need a moment to collect my thoughts Igmit I'm going to be straight with you every time someone has said my name today the entire room has shaken it sounded like a resounding gong in my head that's pretty strange indeed are you sure you're just not ill? Maybe you got a headache? You're not hungover or anything? 
Uh, I've never had an illness do this before. I have a terrible sick feeling in my stomach that we may be dealing with something very, very powerful. What did you see in the tavern a moment ago? I took that shot and blood exploded everywhere, but unnaturally so. I've never seen any kind of gore like that before. Why did that man attack me? I, I have no idea. Uh, it Just a minor, just an everyday minor, I don't know. He wouldn't know you, I don't think. <sighs> it, it, it's something out of this world. Um, it, it must have been a spirit or something that caused it. Did you hear what he said before you shot him? Nope. Didn't hear anything. That's what I figured. Somebody's playing tricks with my mind. Mr. Brendel. Um, Pastor Breakfast. um... Breakfast. Of course, I'm so sorry. Tell us about some of the things that have been going on in town. I mean... (laughs) Where do I start? Um, the beginning would be nice. I want to say that it started about uh, two weeks ago. Um, I think the first one was Kellen, Kellen Winslow. He, uh, you know, he murdered uh, Jethro Gottfried. And he did it in pretty terrible fashion um, from what we can tell. But we still... Uh, I haven't seen hide nor hair of, of Mr. Winslow, so we can't question him or figure out what was going on, you know, with that whole thing. And then eventually, um, three days after that, I mean, this one was pretty awful, too. There was Upton Jones or Bertie Nichols. I can't... Uh, I think that it must have been... Upton that killed Birdie because she was, you know, torn limb from limb, and then there's no sign of Upton, but he exploded in a in a pile of goo, I guess. And I assume you you've seen the goo. Now, you say exploded in a pile of goo. Did it seem like unnatural kind of amount of blood and ichor? I mean, I don't understand how it would coat the entire inside of someone's house. I mean, it just... Well, y'all can go and That's look That's exactly it. what happened at the crossing house. What do you mean? We're down there getting a whiskey and... Oh, right, 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 right. I understand. And someone exploded. Uh, Yep. The only one to survive so far is Ingrid Fillmore. And I don't... I don't know why. We're going to be speaking with her. She says she doesn't remember doing it, but... We may be in way over our heads. Don't tell anyone I said that. Uh, Tom, um, tell, tell the... The pastor about that booming sound in your head. I maybe he knows what what could cause it. I mean, does it 
will hear, and he says, Thomas! And it booms in your head, and you just are reeling back from how loud it is this time. I visibly jump again, and then I say, There's something about my name. I don't understand it. I can't make heads or tails out of any of it, but I I have a feeling that there's whatever is causing the problems here, and I do believe it's a supernatural thing. It does not want me here. He, like, leans down, and his face is very caring and friendly, and he looks at you and he says, Well, listen, the only thing that I want you to know is that you're going to burn in fire and die, and you're going to die such a horrible death, and I don't think you understand what is coming for you, but it is a reckoning. And he pats you on the shoulder like this was supposed to be good news or something that would make you feel better. I stare at him blankly as he pulls away. And then I slowly look over at Igmit. And when he doesn't give me any sign that he heard what just happened, I'm going to slowly stand up and say, I I believe that's all for now, Igmit. Yep. And I'm going to start making my way towards the door. All right. Uh, when we get outside, I'm going to start walking towards the deputy's office and I'm going to say, there's no place safe. What do you mean? I mean, the, the church, the jail, nobody attacked those, not unless it was a downright army or horror things. Igmit, I've dealt with vampires before. I have I have cast spirits out of people and performed exorcisms. I've never seen or heard of anything that's able to enter a church of Arnie like this one has. Did you, you... You heard it again in the church? It's everywhere. This entire town seems to be infected with it. I don't know what to tell you, feller. Uh, Maybe we can find some answers with Ingrid. If she was one of the survivors, perhaps there's... I don't know, some degree of resistance within her that we can learn about. Sure, gotta start somewhere. So we're gonna head into the deputy's office. You walk in and Deputy Portnoy tips his cap at you and he says... Uh, I've, uh, just went over and, well, I saw the crossing house, and I kind of figured y'all would be by, I just, good God, if y'all want to clean up, there's a wash basin, you know, over in the corner there. I take it you're familiar with the site. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, same Agent, uh, and I reach out my hand to him and then I say, Perhaps it's best if you just refer to me as an agent. I understand that Ingrid Fillmore is here somewhere? Yeah, she's over, uh, in the corner cell there, and you guys turn and you see a very pretty young woman in her mid to late 20s. Um, 
and she's got blonde braids coming down uh, on either side. Um, and she looks like she has just been sobbing continuously for who knows how long. Igmet's going to walk up to the bars and he's going to draw a scatter gun. Just going to stand there. Not going to do anything. Just going to watch her. Mr. Portman, may I have the keys? Here you here you go. Um, don't, well, I don't think that she's much of a danger now. And forgive me if this is a bit unusual, but may we have some privacy with her? Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I'll, um, I'll head over and check on Dad. And he walks out. I'm gonna go and unlock her cell, kind of slowly, and then I'll open it up and go, um, I'll close the door behind me, and I'm not gonna just lock it, I'm just gonna kind of set it shut, and then I'm gonna go and sit on the bench next to her. Are you sure about that, Tom? We'll be fine. And then I'm gonna just pause a moment and give her some time to acclimate to our presence, and then I'm gonna say... There are no words that I can say to express. And then I'm going to get a weird deja vu, and then I'm going to say, I... I'm sorry. Um, you... You have gone through a hell of a time, and I can't imagine what that must be like. But my partner and I are here to help. It would be beneficial to our investigation if you could speak with us for just a moment. She is just staring at the ground and breathing heavily and she takes a couple of deep breaths and sort of puts her hands together and squeezes them kind of tightly a couple of times and Then she turns to you quickly and grabs you on both sides of your face, and she says, We are all infected, Tom! We are all infected! She's just breathing and just maniacal, and her eyes are going crazy, and she's just grabbing onto you so tightly right now. And, Igmit, you don't see any of this happening. I pull away immediately and fall off the bench, and my hat falls off on the floor as I scramble back against the bars. Igmet. Yeah. What do you see? Tell me what you're hearing. I... We were just talking to the... Talking to her, nothing... What did she do? She's just crying. You consoled her, and... Then you just jumped up like you saw a ghost. I feel like I'm losing my Ernie damn mind. I'm not even going to give her any more condolences or a goodbye. I'm just going to pick up my hat and stand up and shakily walk out of the cell. And then I'm going to kind of hand Igmet the keys as I I turn my back to him and walk towards the door. Um, You said, I remember there's a wash basin in this room, so I think I'll splash my face. It's still uh, pretty cool. Um, It's been in the shade. It's definitely not cold, but it's below your body temperature, so it feels alright. After I splash my face and try to get my nerves to calm down, I'm 
a hundred percent pulling out a couple i pull out two cigars and i stick one in my pocket for once as soon as i finish this one and i light up and then i say we need to go talk privately where shall we go um i i reckon uh a room at the crossing house i want something more private i don't want anyone within our vicinity well we passed a cemetery on the way here perhaps we should go there where the dead can't hear us all right now hold hold on a minute uh are you sure we should be leaving town i mean there's nobody that could help us out there in, in case things go tits up Honestly, Igmit, I'm starting to wonder if it's safer out there than it is amongst these people. Alright, well, keep your iron ready. I, uh, you're an important asset, and, well, if I lose you, the Imperium will likely come out and take my head. Very well. We make our way to the cemetery. When you get out there, you notice that, for the most part, a lot of the graves are very, like, headstones are very modest, but relatively well taken care of, although not a whole lot grows out here, and so it doesn't seem like it would be a terribly tough job. And there's a small shack off to the side of the cemetery, and in the cemetery itself, the largest building is this stone mausoleum that says Fillmore across the top and there's a few more rather sizable headstones that are sort of nearby to there but the rest are like I said rather modest and you definitely feel like you're relatively alone but you don't really feel at ease and admit I definitely think that you don't feel at ease standing in the middle of a graveyard you know something, Tom? I might have put a few people here, and I don't know about standing here for too long. We just need time to think. Let's review the facts. Here's what we know. There's something going on in my mind. There's something far more physical going on with the people in this town, and you yourself said that you felt something when we got into town. It seems as though nowhere we go and no one we talk to is safe. Whatever is causing these incidents, it, it either has perhaps the power to influence people's minds and things they see, but in a way that causes them to do things more than just see things. And I can't explain the blood or the explosion. Are we missing anything? Is there anything else that I passed over? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but why here? All the places, quiet, film oars crossing there were rumors that you know it's because there was a new branch of the mine that interfered with the uh, 
think I think it was some orc territory or something like that. I I don't know. People with their superstition, they'll blame anything. But this is beyond that. I need you guys to both throw me a perception check, please. It's an eight. Twenty-three. You think you hear something moving in the dirt behind you, Tom. Just ever so slightly, like just a like a crunch or something like that. Just like a soft step, maybe? I spin around. You definitely don't see anything. Like, it just... Everything looks exactly like it did before you turned around and started talking to Igmit. I look, and my eyes dart from place to place, and then I turn back to Igmit, and I say, Everything's got me jumpy. Brian does a... 21 hit Tom's armor class? Yes. Alright. So you are going to take uh, 27 points of bludgeoning damage as this gauntlet just bursts through your back and out your stomach and you look at it for a second as it's just clenched in your torso and you can see that there are these components and things that are built along it and you like everything seems to be going in slow motion as you look at the arcane condenser that's on top of it and you see the various jewels and the mithril and the gold that were all used to construct this gauntlet and then it pulls back from your stomach and you fall to the ground 